0: I'm sure there are many people that know the Lord's Prayer and have said it many times in their life, including these words and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. So glad that so many of you do take the time. To listen to this program each and every day. I will admit, even today and yesterday, I've been rather tired. It's been it's been a very busy time in our lives, and I'm feeling I'm feeling the labor, the the stress, the concern, and still trying to do the best we can to keep this program going each and every day. And so I covet your prayers every time I sit down before this microphone and and hope that I, I do something or say something that is important. It's important for you. Things that'll help you in your daily life. Now I've been I've been toying with several thoughts over the past several days. I watch the news, I watch what's going on around us, and and, and I'm reminded that we live in a truly evil time. And in many ways, the evil we are experiencing is somewhat different than the evil I remember growing up. Now, I'm certain that we've always had some pretty, for lack of a better term, some pretty creepy people out there. Real dangerous people out there. It's been around because of sin for a long time. But there's a difference today versus yesterday. There's a difference today versus 50 years ago, 100 years ago. While evil has always been with us, so much of evil today is being normalized and being celebrated and being pushed upon us as something that we should be content with allowing in our society, in our world, and even within our own family structure. Politicians by nature are always dangerous because it is so easy to slip into what I call the mindset of power. I learned this little lesson way back in the early 1990s when I had to spend a lot of time traveling to Washington, D.C. for my job to deal with issues before the Federal Communications Commission. Now, even in the 1980s, Yeah, I was already a fairly conservative individual. I was even when I first started voting 50 years ago this year. I've leaned conservative pretty much my entire life. I'm sure that I've had a few libertarian tendencies, but overall, I know there's no such thing as a free lunch. And the more a government, I figured this out in high school, the more a government wants to give you the more it has to take from somebody else. And it was, I think, in the 1980s that uh, Margaret Thatcher had the greatest line in politics I'd ever heard at the time. Socialism always works until you run out of other people's money. And and that that lesson really hit home. Evil, Evil feeds upon itself. That's something else that I have figured out evil feeds upon itself it is tempting it always promises power it always promises wealth it always promises a feel good ism for those that that indulge and many people's hearts get so hardened their conscience so seared they don't even know they're doing evil anymore for them it becomes second nature it becomes actually their nature The kind of discussions we've been having over the last maybe 10 years, day by day, some new thing is pushed into into the public square that we're told we have to abide by, agree with, without any questions, or else you're you're a bigot, you're this, you're that, or the other. Name whatever it is uh, of the day that they accuse you of being whether it's a homophobe, transphobe, racist, you know, any other kind of deplorable out there they can think of. And so the name-calling begins, the marginalization begins, the deplatforming on social media begins, the bot system, yes, there are a lot of artificial intelligence bots out there on Twitter and Facebook and other social media, they find your post and they create all kind of negative havoc. I have come to conclude that Facebook is creating gradually what I call little concentration camps. They they force you on one level to abide by their rules or they suspend you. Funny, I've never been suspended yet for any length of time. I have a lot of friends that have and I can't I don't know how they get caught and I don't, but whatever they have given you a new normal you must believe you know this is social media and this is community standards well the community standards at facebook are pretty vile pretty vulgar full of pornography but that's the good stuff you're allowed to do it's conservative speech that doesn't meet their community standards and i know too many people that are that are dealing with that right now we live in an evil age Now, I saw this story. I want to just share a few little stories today and, and some comments, and I hope that you'll stay with me. This is about the current president of the United States and how he has changed over the past almost 50 years. Joe Biden was running for the Senate many, many years ago. He's been a Washington insider almost 50 years. The guy went from really never holding much of a job to being a United States senator. This is all he knows is politics and power. And he was always the reform-minded senator back in the 1970s. But today, Joe Biden he mirrors at least in what he is saying or what he is told to say the extreme left part of his own party. And this shift has been occurring over these 50 years. Now, with all the inflation going on in the United States, and really it's a global situation, the Democrats are going to be in trouble for the election in 2022, this year and if you're holding out hope that we're going to fix america and get it all back on track you're crazy it's not it's it's never going to happen we're going to vote i'm going to vote my conscience that the right things occur but i'm fully aware that this nation has turned more evil than good even in our highest institutions it has become evil And I don't see it changing until our Lord Jesus returns. Now, even in 1987, he'd only been, you know, hanging around D.C. like 14 years. And he had his first presidential campaign. And to give you an idea of how he has changed over these years, he used to complain about people's dissatisfaction with government and large-scale expenditure programs linked to the New Deal and the Great Society at the time. Now, Biden said the increasing inflation that characterized the presidencies of Nixon and Ford and Jimmy Carter generated a distrust in government. And Biden said way back in 1987, government was making the wrong decisions. As much as 5 to 6% of our inflation rates were due to oil, another 5% were due back in the day to Vietnam. So you have this 10 to 11% on top of the inflation that accumulated since 1932. As conservatives had predicted, and bam, everything's gone. He was a reformer then. But look at how he has changed. So this young reform-minded senator of the 70s talking about cuts of tens of millions of dollars from ineffective and worthless federal agencies. Now he's throwing money at them as fast as he can. You know, one of the problems I think we're facing, I'm old enough to remember the 1970s quite well. I lived through them, got married during that time, Uh, Had to make a mortgage payment at nine and a half percent. We had our first gasoline spikes up to a dollar per gallon. Sounds great today, but we keep forgetting how inflation has done more damage over these years. You could live on $150 a week, not wonder, not great, but you made it decently. At two hundred and fifty dollars a week you live rather well. I can remember house payments of not much more than a hundred and some odd dollars. I can remember thinking that a two hundred dollar a month mortgage payment or two hundred and forty dollar a month mortgage payment was gonna destroy the budget. Now you have homes instead of being twenty five and thirty and forty thousand dollars. I can remember buying a house In 1978, or is it 1977, doesn't matter. It was an outrageously high price of $33,000. Brand new house. We were the first occupants. $33,000, beautiful wooded lot, country setting, near to town, water and sewer, all the good stuff in this subdivision. You can't touch that house now for under 300,000. And it's not even a very big house. That's what inflation really is. The value of the home didn't go up, it just kept up with inflation. The house is worth almost 10 times what I paid for it 46 years ago. 10 times. Is it really worth 10 times what I paid for it? Look at how much people are getting paid in their jobs. Now, there, there, there are some out there that do rather well, but the majority of people are living on the edge. And so $5 gasoline, increasing power rates, they cause a lot of havoc. And they cause a lot of trouble in our economy. We can go on and on, and see Biden used to be, you know, the moderate guy. Now he's the one pushing all the spending. Here in nineteen seventy-two, when he's running for, you know, for office, he said, "We newer liberal Democrats are rejecting the theory of your more senior colleagues that if you spend enough money, you can solve any problem." In seventy-four, he claimed the Democrats had lost sight of who their major constituency should be, the middle class. The decade's relentless inflation convinced the average working guy, making about ten grand a year, which is like 80000 now, he's been had. But what has he done all these years? He's been a part of the party that keeps raising taxes, spending more money, and on and on and on it goes. He is part of the problem, not part of the solution. Even Republicans, and this is why I'm saying, you know, we talk about the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. There's a certain level of evil and dishonesty in our government today, and this is not just here in the United States. This is across the globe, in all the formerly Christian westernized countries. This includes France, this includes Spain, this includes Italy, this includes all of the United Kingdom, this includes Australia, this includes Canada. Go down the list. They have rejected the foundation of our society, being biblically rooted, have substituted something obscene, immoral, and decadent in its place. And rather than condemning sin, they work with tax dollars to celebrate and force it upon all of us. Transgenderism is just one, is just one item today of dozens of things being forced upon us. And if you disagree... You're a transophobe. You're a homophobe. You're a racist. You're a misogynist. You're, the name calling never ends. Frankly, I consider it a badge of honor to be called all those things rather than wear the badge of dishonor that these people will face as they come toward their eternal judgment. 1978, to give you an idea of of how Biden worked. He ran a full-page ad in the News Journal, which was pretty much Delaware, his home state's largest newspaper, and his idea back then was the Sunset Bill, which would require a thorough and complete review of federal spending programs every 4 years that would automatically end a program that wasn't proved useful or effective. <laughs> The closest thing on this planet to eternal life is a government program in the United States. But here we are now 50 years later and every campaign promise, everything that Joe Biden stood for in the 1970s and into the 1980s has been tossed has been tossed over the side. And he now is one of the greediest, and he's become a very wealthy individual, selling out his nation. Yeah, I said it. The evidence is stacking up that in spite of all the rhetoric that he laid upon us over the years, he is a corrupt politician, an opportunist, and as far as I'm concerned... He has He's the head of a crime syndicate that benefited his family. Period. Period. How does somebody making the income that Joe Biden made as a United States Senator, and number one, for those that don't understand American history, the 17th Amendment needs to be repealed. Prior to the Woodrow Wilson days, Senators were selected by the state legislatures of the states from whence they came. And their job as, quote, the senior body was to maintain the interest of the many states in the federal government to be a significant, if not the greatest firewall to too much power at the federal level. A lot of people don't know that. That the United States Senate used to be appointed by the state legislatures to serve their term, to serve the interest of their states, so the federal government can't run rogue over the states. And a lot of federal workers never liked that idea of what do you mean we have oversight? What do you mean the states have a say in the federal government? They got rid of that. Made it a direct election. And by doing that, these senators now serve their own personal interest. Oh, yeah, they do. And they serve corporate interest because they have to run for re-election instead of being selected by their state legislatures. And I can guarantee you that the majority of those 100 senators in the United States Senate are beholden to their financial constituency and could care less about their home state. They are now federalized. They are now part of that never-ending feed-me machine. You know, I can remember this. I can remember this, before the midterm elections in 1978. It was in radio back then, so I still paid a lot of attention to news. And we used to watch... This is before we had so many millions of channels on cable and satellite and all this. So you just had primarily where I lived at, had an outside antenna. And I picked up Channel 4, 7, 13, and 21, the educational station. There might have been one more, but I never could really get it decently. And so when Jimmy Carter... Would want to get on television everybody had to pretty much watch and back in 1978 Carter delivered a message to the country on the state of the economy and that was pretty much in October and he praised the strengthening work situation while pointing to rising inflation rates around the world which is the same rhetoric that Biden is now using. And Carter tried to say that, well, you know, government is not the only cause of inflation, you want to bet. But it is one of the causes, and government does set an example. Therefore, we must take a lead in fiscal constra- uh, restraint. Now, those speeches, like the Malay's speech and others that I can remember watching... Did little to reassure people, and Democrats ended up losing three Senate seats and 15 House seats in 78. And then Reagan came in in 1980. And, you know, if, you, if you've been around long enough, you know what I'm talking about. I pray that Biden is a one-term president, but I have no idea of what we're going to get in its place. Honestly, I don't think his health, his mental state is going to allow him to ever make it another two years before they're going to have to pull the plug on his presidency. Our federal government, for way too long, has grown. Our federal government has gotten itself entangled in issues all over the world. It never should have been entangled with to begin with. This idea of, you know, I there's no doubt in my mind That we have, through our CIA and other agencies, pushed coups and, and collapses of other governments around the world. Which was none of our business. But that federal government feels empowered and entitled... Because there is no firewall really left outside of the voter. And most voters do not understand the evil that is going on in our world today. They just accept it. They just ignore it. And the church, on the other hand, oh boy. What has the church done in response to all of that has gone on in this world? Not very little. They make a lot of noise inside their four walls, but what impact are most churches having outside of their their, their four walls? Yeah, we, we carry our service on Facebook Live. Whoopee! And how many people really watch your services on Facebook Live? Your friends? The church members that can't get there? Are you really being evangelical in what you're trying to do? And we have too many ministries out there on television whose sole purpose is self-existence. So as Christians, how do we change this world around us? One person at a time by sharing the good news. We live in an evil time. And I didn't expect my monologue to begin the program to be this long. I really didn't. I've got a few sound bites I'm hoping to share in the program today that I think you need to hear. I'm going to jump into a couple of topics that I really didn't expect to, But as long as I'm talking about from a faith perspective, I'm going to bear with me in how I explain this. Whether or not you are a Roman Catholic is irrelevant to the things that I'm about to say. Your feelings about the Roman Catholic Church, whether they are a legitimate church or not, or this or that, are irrelevant. And I'm not even going to answer questions in that regard. I'm just going to point out a few things about what is occurring in the Roman Catholic Church today that I find extremely disturbing, but a few things that are somewhat encouraging. For example, for example, the bishop of the diocese in which Nancy Pelosi is a member in her home state of California has decided, and I believe 100% correctly, that she should be denied communion be denied communion in any parish in that diocese. Now, a lot of people have made a lot of noise about it. Oh, you can't do that. Well, yes, you can. And I have my theological reasons why um, even though I am not a Roman Catholic at all, but if a Nancy Pelosi type came to my church expecting me to give her communion I would have to explain to her I cannot do this in good conscience I cannot do this there are too many scriptures that warn against those living in open sin and not repenting of that sin holding on to that sin see here's the kicker You can say, Lord, forgive me, a sinner, but I'm holding this one sin back. I'm going to continue with it, and I'm not letting it go. This is what happens to these pro-abortion politicians. Well, I may not abort my own child, but I'm going to make it where the government pays for you to abort yours. You are enhancing and paying for pure, unadulterated evil. And I'm saying that the Lord's Prayer says, deliver us from evil. You know, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. But see, money, I think, has a lot to do with it. It really does. The Pelosi's have gotten incredibly wealthy with perfectly timed trades on things that seem to be inside information that only somebody that's in the United States House of Representatives might know. The love of money, the root of all evil. So money and power, fame, glory, all of that come to play. And these politicians that are always, always pro-death, always for abortion... Taxpayer funded abortion, calling it health care when it's nothing but murder, that's what it is. How do they how do they say it isn't? It's beyond me. Even the new governor of New York, another one of those pro choice Catholics making a mockery of what she claims to believe. And this is what I find so disturbing she makes an absolute, total, unmitigated mockery of what she claims to believe. Like I say, your personal feelings about the Roman Catholic Church in this discussion today is irrelevant. The Roman Catholic Church correctly states that life begins at conception. Many other you know, Bible-believing Fundamentalist, conservative Christian churches believe identically that life begins at conception. The Bible teaches explicitly that killing the child in the womb was considered murder and was to be dealt with in that way. Period. The Bible says, I knew you in the womb. Period. It's not a clump of cells. It's not a this or a that or a non-entity. It's human life. I've shared this story before. I know I get new listeners all the time to the program. But let me quickly share this again. I was conceived in 19... 54. And my mother was in California at the time though I was born in Brooklyn, New York. She was a unwed woman. And I could give you a whole history that I learned later. But I was placed for adoption to a wonderful Christian family. In early 1955. Had abortion been legal in 1953 instead of 1973, I can guarantee you I would not be here today doing this particular radio program. I would have been disposed of as medical waste. And that's the reality. Of every abortion and Nancy Pelosi can't see it she refuses to see it because she is empowered in her office that she can't speak against it if she does she goes against the narrative of her party and if she goes against the narrative of her party well then somebody else will run in her place and she'll lose all those wonderful perks and benefits same with the governor of New York. She claims to be a good Catholic, too. Yet she made a whole speech on women's reproductive rights and the and the needed access to abortion. And she is making it clear that regardless of what the Supreme Court says, especially if it becomes a state's issue, New York State will be a sanctuary of death for those who want to kill their, their babies in the womb. You're going to see that. You're going to see a real separation in this country of the states that go for pro abortion and those that seek to restrict or eliminate. Deliver us from evil. We live in an evil time, evil is being pushed by our schools being pushed in our libraries, being pushed in our media, being pushed on the television, being pushed in our music. Evil is all around us. Where is the church? And what is the church's response going to be? Now, I'm running just a little bit late for the break, and I hope you understand. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. If you do believe in our ministry and our work, first, let me share the website address with you. The website address is truth the number 2 ponder.com. That is truth and you put the number 2 in and the word ponder.com. truth2ponder.com. You can find out about the program, the many ways that you can listen, find out more about who I am, how to contact us and and how to support this ministry. And your support is needed as we are getting ready to enter this new month of June. If you can help us, consider making a gift to the ministry. I need to tell you that there are a couple of places I, I don't hear from, in particular, of late, and it's becoming concerning as I have to be careful about how I spend the limited resources to come to the program. Remember, I'm not paid. There's no paid staff here at Truth to Ponder. In fact, my wife and I have put a lot of money into this program. But your help is needed. If you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word. Crestview, Florida Zip code 32536 That's zip code 32536 This is Truth to Ponder with
1: Bob Beerman Today, an amazing mystery of Pentecost Shalom alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn Your Jewish connection And get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment Now You may know Pentecost as the day when the Spirit was given, but did you know that it's also the same exact day that the Old Covenant came in its power? That's right. You see, Pentecost is actually the Greek way of saying the name of an ancient Hebrew holy day called Shavuot. And the rabbis figured it out. They realized that on this holy day, Moses was up on Mount Sinai receiving the Torah, the law, the Old Covenant. So every year... They celebrated Shavuot as the day that the Old Covenant was given on Pentecost. So isn't it awesome that on the exact same day that God gave the Old Covenant, He gave the Spirit to establish the New Covenant? But it's even more amazing than that. You see, if you look back to Exodus, you discover that because of the first Pentecost at Sinai, people died. How many? The Hebrew reads al alfei, about three thousand, is what it says. But on the day of the New Covenant Pentecost, when the Spirit was given, people didn't die; they came to life. How many? To eternal life. The Greek reads about three thousand. The same exact phrase. So on the Pentecost of the Old Covenant, 3,000 died. On the Pentecost of the New Covenant, 3,000 came to life. Who could have worked all this together? And then you read in the epistles that verse, it says, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So what do we learn? Well, once again, lest you forget, God is awesome. And you'll never find life through laws of right and wrong. The only way you'll really find life and its power and its blessings and its victories is by opening your heart to receive and be filled by God's spirit and presence. Not just once, but every day. So live in victory, my friend, and happy Pentecost. Now, want more? Ask for stone and spirit. Now, the free gift for you. From the sands of the Judean wilderness to the wings of the cherubim to the writings of the rabbis proving Jesus is the Messiah, the awesome hidden mystery now revealed the mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get these gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. Call now, one 800 yes one I invite you to minister with me, together bringing salvation to God's chosen people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of all nations of five continents with over a billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. That's Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, Sar Hayim, the Prince of Life.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder here on this Tuesday. Once again, a quick thank you to all of you that do take the time to let me know you listen. It is important. It is very important to know how you listen, where you listen, and how often. Maybe if you don't mind telling me, I I get a lot of correspondence from people that listen as a podcast, which I'm thankful for. Podcasting is a wonderful way to reach people on a schedule that suits them. We try to have the program ready by noon Eastern time, the day the program is released. But I've known that, I've been knowing for a while, that's becoming a little bit more difficult, and and I'm debating if the release time needs to be moved from noon to maybe 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I say that because... Trying to get a program together quickly sometimes is not easy for me. Like I say, I don't have a staff. I don't have a bunch of researchers. I have to do the reading, the research, and the preparation, the editing, and trying to get it done, uh, working the afternoon before the next morning and then trying to get it up by 12 noon is a problem. Our first airing, the first actual airing of this program... Uh, occurs at 5 p.m. eastern time actually 3 p.m. mountain time it airs on a station in Delta Utah it also airs on WRMI then again 6 p.m. on a different frequency at WRMI then later in the evening on WRMI and also KVOH and so i'm i'm praying can i Move it a little later in the day. Maybe a bit easier on me. So let me know how you listen. And if you're listening on radio, what station? It's important because we pay for the airtime on the radio stations. That's where the money goes. So let me know. I want to get back to what we were talking about as we went to the break. And I, I I was talking about Governor Kathy Hochul of New York and other shall we say, Catholic politicians, Roman Catholic politicians. Let me be very definitive about that. There's a difference if you don't understand. The word Catholic does not necessarily mean Roman. So let us discuss this in terms of what we understand in in that faith group. The Roman Catholic Church states clearly that life begins at conception, which then begs the question of how these so-called Roman Catholic politicians can be so condescending and so cavalier about being so pro-choice. And, and what really is disturbing is how many of these people, including Kathy Hochul, publicly invokes their Catholic faith. Frequently and deeply Remember, she took the office of governorship in August of last year when uh, St. Anthony Cuomo the Pious (laughs) was forced out of office because he's just a liar and a lowlife, which everybody should have already known. And she invokes scripture. She invokes all kinds of stuff to, to balance her belief in being pro-choice, even though the Bible specifically speaks against it. And what we have in the United States, and I'll be honest, in the Vatican, are a bunch of phonies, a bunch of frauds, and a bunch of heathens claiming, claiming to be godly men, claiming to stand in the stead of Christ. Christ. I'm looking at a picture right now that I find thoroughly disgusting. It's a picture of Kathy Hochul standing next to a next to a bishop wearing his full regalia, arm in arm, smiling and everything. And she and, and she's she's a reprobate talking about the fact that she's some kind of a Catholic, Roman Catholic. And quoting all this scripture and getting all these shouts of amen. And she she was quoting out of Ecclesiastes, you know, the Bible tells us there's a time and every purpose under heaven. And she said that in her first address as governor back in August of last year. And then she says, I believe that with every fiber of my body, this is our time and our time to escape the oppression of a deadly virus and make our schools and workplaces a safe place to return. And then she, you know, continues on with everything else that she believes in. She prays that she said, I dropped to my knees when I found out I was going to be governor. And I said, God, please grant me the wisdom and And grant me strength. Well, apparently, she's gotten no wisdom. No understanding of biblical knowledge. No understanding of the tenets of the faith once delivered to the saints. And she's one of those that's going to make a big deal about being pro-choice. With her public talk of God and her faith. And you know what the biggest fear is among Democrats you know, the Democrat Party. Her talking about God and the Bible could alienate progressives in the Democrat Party that hate Christianity. That may be her downfall. Well, she's a hypocrite. She's phony in her faith, so you folks that are, you know, atheist Democrats, fear not. She really is doing your thing. She's trying to deceive those that claim to be Christians. You know, she comes from western New York, which is, generally speaking, eh, a bit of a more conservative area. The city of Buffalo, not so much. Irish Catholic, uh, grew up with portraits of the Pope and President John F. Kennedy in her in her Irish-American home. And, and so her talking about, about wanting to do things in a godly fashion... I find quite quite alarming. She had this statement to make right after the leak from our Supreme Court of the United States, which is something that never has happened before. And it seems like and they're, they're in no rush to, you know, hold anybody accountable. But this is what she had to say about what might be the Supreme Court ruling.
2: Absolutely horrified by what the majority of the Supreme Court, of the United States of America plans to do to women's rights in this country. And as a woman, this is personal. This is something that we have fought against for my entire life. In fact, this is a battle my mother's generation, it's a battle for my generation, my daughter's generation, and it seems like even my three-day-old grandchild, Sophia's generation, will have to be fighting this same fight, something that we had thought we had put to bed a long time ago. And I refuse to go backwards. I refuse to go backwards. And that's exactly the specter of what we're looking at when it comes to our fight for abortion rights. My promise is that here in the state of New York, we will not stand idly by anyone who needs care. We welcome you with open arms.
0: Yeah, we welcome you with open arms, except the babies you want to abort. We don't welcome them at all. I, I found it, and I don't, I, I don't understand how they can't see this. It is for a person that quotes as much scripture as Hockel has done since she became governor of New York State. To claim she is so deep into scripture, she is so systematically ignoring any scripture that teaches against abortion. She doesn't want to know, because it'll ruin her narrative. See, she has sold herself out more to the Democrat Party than to any tenets of the Christian faith. She's what I call a cafeteria Catholic. Roman Catholic, of course. In this case, I pick and choose what I desire to believe. If I don't like what the church teaches on this, I just choose to ignore it. And as I look at this picture of her... Looks like it's in front of St. Patty's Cathedral, and she's always invoking her, you know, her faith. And she's standing there with these bishops and clergy and everybody else, and they're all smiles, smiles, smiles. Phony bishops serving a phony pope. I'm gonna say it. I've been meaning to say it, if I haven't said it before. I consider Pope Pope Francis a fraud, a setup, a stooge put in place. They took out. However they did it, I don't know. But for Benedict to stand aside, like he did out of nowhere, and then to put this lunatic and call him the Pope, I may lose a listener or two, but if I do, it's all right. You have an imposter in Peter's chair if you're a Roman Catholic right now. And you have a bunch of sold out to the world bishops and the money and the power openly parading around with a bunch of pro-choice people that claim to be Roman Catholic. If you know the truth and you choose to ignore the truth... Your faith is in jeopardy. I I have a hard time with some of my good Baptist friends talking about once saved, always saved. Well, that's true. God will not take away your salvation, but you can forfeit it. And the Bible teaches that. But so many people that claim the name of Christ don't want to accept the fact that you can forfeit your, your faith. I'm tired of this. Well, when someone does it, well, they never had the faith to begin with. Why does the Bible say those that have fallen away are the hardest to bring back? So what the Bible teaches. We seem to ignore it. There are a lot of these... So, look... 32%, 30% or better, of New York State's population identify as Roman Catholic. And so she tries to appease and appeal to that, I'm certain, no doubt in my mind. And then she uses scripture to justify her causes. You know, I, I'm one that I speak against the vaccine on this program for COVID-19, and I do so for a legitimate reason. They are unproven, and they're increasingly showing to be ineffective, unsafe, and dangerous. When we first heard about the vaccines, I was not against them. I didn't know much about them, but the more I started to learn, the more, well, shall we say, concerned I became. And so I got deep into the study of what are these things? What are the politics? How long has this been around? And just like everything about the COVID nineteen pandemic, a lot of the information did not add up, did not make sense, and a lot of it were out and out lies. I mean, why would why would Pfizer want seventy five years to release the data on getting their approval for carminadity, which you can't even get? You know, the 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 approved drug or the approved vaccine which is not a vaccine. You know, so there we have Kathy Hockle and she is just abusing what she claims to be her faith and misquoting so much scripture to get her way. Even on the COVID-19 issue. There are many people that for legitimate Christian reasons will not take this particular vaccine. I mean, I can give you plenty of very good scriptural references on why I wouldn't mess with the stuff, why it would go against my faith, and I can also give you some practical information that we're now seeing. It doesn't work. We were told 95, 95% effective against you getting COVID-19. So, so why do people like Jen Psaki, who are double and triple vaccinated and boosted, come down with it three times? Well, maybe it lowers the symptoms. Why is the death rate now higher among the vaccinated than the non-vaccinated? We told you why a year ago on this program, why it is a dangerous experiment. And once again, the love of money is what generates it, you know, for both Moderna and, and Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, all the companies are making all this money. And they just they get they get blinded to the truth because money, boy, they, they just can't walk past it. Wasn't long ago, after she became governor, that she went to this historically black church in in the New York City area, and she tried to use her quote Christian, or I should say, Roman Catholic faith, to this audience, and she's invoking all kinds of of uh, of biblical references on why you should take the vaccine and every one of these references is just torn out of context misused and abused listen just for a moment to how she wants to use scripture to tell you to take this unproven vaccine
2: we have to get this community back and what we went through this pandemic made us stronger. I believe that, especially when I talk to young people who weren't able to have their graduations from high school or a normal life for the last 18 months. I say to them, whatever comes your way in life, you are stronger. You are more resilient. God let you survive this pandemic because he wants you to do great things someday. He lets you live through this when so many other people did not. And that is also your responsibility. But how do we keep more people alive? We are not through this pandemic. I wished we were, but I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers, he made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say, thank you, God, thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you, yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love? but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can get, fight, fight this pandemic, come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to Fighting systemic racial injustice, which exists today. And if there's a denier, I will take you on any date because I've seen it. I know it exists. And we are not going to have a blind eye to this ever again any longer under my watch. And that is my commitment
0: to you. Every time I listen to that two-minute soundbite, I honestly get very angry To hear the misuse and misquotation of scripture, how the media and how the CDC and others have forced a single narrative about COVID 19, the man made virus, the man made pandemic that has been misused and abused by world leaders to take control of your lives, and she is part of that very system. That is evil, inherently. And she's using Scripture to back up her evil plan. What do you mean? You know, let me tell you something. Satan knows Scripture better than virtually every Christian walking the face of the earth. Knows how to misquote it. Knows how to make people believe the lie. And I'm afraid to say that Governor Hockel... Of New York has fallen into that she is using and misquoting scripture to force people to think they need a vaccine because the vaccine it came from God don't you know no it came from Fauci and it came from Moderna, it came from reprobates that wanted money and they don't care how many people were injured and die they don't want to talk about the long term study They don't want to talk about any of it. It's just that we have one size fits all. You must be vaccinated. You must have your COVID pass. And she's fallen into it. As many phony Catholic bishops and clergy have fallen into this garbage. They are the wolves in sheep's clothing. Running around with fancy robes and, and, and all smiles arm in arm when they're with... Governor Kathy Hockel Hokel. They love the publicity. They love the fact they're they're among the powerful in this world. So she misquotes scripture to lead blindly those that claim to be Roman Catholic in her state to support her. And she talks about we'll get past COVID if everybody gets vaccinated. The numbers are showing that the vaccines are failures. Yet it's still pushed in states like New York. Still pushed heavily everywhere, honestly. And even as the bodies pile up of those that die of the vaccine, she'll, she'll claim it's something else probably global, global warming, climate change, some other silliness and nonsense. The church, the true, by the way, church comes from the word ecclesia, meaning, you know. Those that are called out, they're separate, they are, they are part of the living body of Christ. The church is not an institution, it's not a building. It is the living body of believers on the face of the earth. And too many of those that claim to be a part of that body have been, shall we say, irresponsible and lazy and ineffective. The Church has been horrible in speaking out against some of the atrocities that go on in the world today including abortion. Then, of course, you have some cults that claim to be Christians that celebrate abortion and they bless abortion clinics because they think that Jesus would want you to have that abortion. What a bunch of hogwash. What a bunch of manure. What a bunch of heresy. And people like Kathy Hockel believe it and misquote scripture to promote it. There's going to be a day of judgment when she will realize it. I'm going to pick up on this theme a little later this week, on Deliver Us From Evil. That'll be the title of the program when I get around to it. If you believe in the ministry, would you help us out financially? Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. 5753 Highway 85 North. Number 3248, number 3248 city. Crestview, one word. Crestview, Florida. Zip code is 32536. That's zip code 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com.